Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of Imani Talks Astrology. I am your host, Imani. What are we at? Week four? (laughs) We're getting there by the, this weekend, for me at least, I know it's different for everyone, I will have been in quarantine for a month. And I would say at this point it's becoming, I guess, normal, but I don't like my the place I work being the same place I live that actually is just gross um unless I purposely choose it to be that way which I have not um this past weekend did the Jupiter Pluto conjunction gathering workshop thank you to everybody who attended it was exciting. It was my first virtual workshop to share with you all and there will definitely be more to come. It was donation-based. I also intend on having a donation-based one in the month of May um, around the time of the North Node going into Gemini. I will release some information about that as that gets a little bit closer. Um, so within the next couple weeks or so, happy 50th episode. This is the 50th time I have sat on my couch or wherever the hell it is that I'm sitting, uh, to record this podcast that was inspired by a reawakening of my Aries self. It's great that we're here at the full moon in Aries uh, or full moon in Libra. Last time we were along this axis was last year when we were experiencing that full moon in Aries during Libra season. And that shit was killer. That was one of the most intense lunations of last year. Um, Definitely go back to listen to that episode if you would like to. Um, It was right before the Blessings episode. I think, um, and we are approaching the opposite, um, end of the spectrum for that blessings podcast. And let me tell you, uh, the energy of this next new moon is not going to be as poetically beautiful as that one was. 
um, where we had lots of channeled messages coming through. It was during 11-11, so it was just like this really beautiful energetic gateway. And we have this moon and lunation that is also on the heels of a really beautiful energetic gateway where we had 444 um, the other day. And I want to talk about that for a second. Um, it does not... Uh, how do I say it? I, I realize what week it is um, in the context of what's happening globally and in uh, in relation to uh, religious observances. It is Holy Week. I think maybe it was last year or the year, but no, it was definitely last year because I was not doing the podcast around this time of 2018. So last year on the 31st, um, I believe on Easter was at the end of March last year, I believe. Right. And we had, um, let me Google I meant to look this up before. Mind you, it is like 3 o'clock in the morning right now um, that I am recording this because I woke up. I was like, oh, I'm going to wake up early and do it. And (laughs) yeah, here we are. Um, No, it was April 21st. So the first day of Interesting. What was March 31st last year? Sorry. April 1st. Ah, last year the full moon falled on. No way, that doesn't make any sense. Hold on. Yes. Um, so our full moon had fall fell um for the full moon in Scorpio in particular fell on the full moon. Uh the full moon in Scorpio was Easter last year. This year on April eleventh, I believe will we will be Moving into the last quarter moon phase um, by the time Easter starts to roll around, um, or we will be approaching it. 
which is going to be a very, very intense part of the lunation cycle, which we talked about in the last episode. So I guess I say all this to say that this week um, is very important, especially since um, we've seen Easter move from Taurus season into Aries season for this year. Um, And I think, you know, given the fact that it is Holy Week, and I understand people have their their relationships to um, uh, Christianity, and many of which are not positive. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, especially when there were so many messages coming through last year that were centered around um, lessons and stories from the Christian faith. Um, I think it's important to note that there is this, given the current state that that we are in collectively, there is this relationship between what we're experiencing collectively and the possibility awakening of the Christ-like energy, right? We've talked about Christ consciousness on this um, podcast before. Um, and really being able to get back to to what that means for those who have the the privilege of being able to be in that mindset at this time, uh, I think it's it it's, it's worth mentioning how important it is for us and even for myself to realize that it it is most definitely. Um, of privilege to be able to, in the midst of a global crisis, be able to hyper-focus on the spiritual journey um, and not have to worry about um, other aspects and things, right? And I think it's also important to realize that taking care of those, if you're thinking about Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs, those bottom of the pyramid needs is also an act of being on this path, right? And and it also is an act of, um, as, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's a level of compassion and understanding that we have to have for everyone um, and for their is a particular light that we're able to hold to make space for people um, who are thinking about their business, who are thinking about the health of their family, who are thinking about their individual health, who are thinking about all of these things and all of these needs that a lot of us may or may not have met at this time, right? Being able to realize we... We, we are holding space for them. And aside from meditating and, <laughs> you know, all of these other things, that is also the work, is holding space for those people and doing anything within our power to assist them um, and to make sure that people know and feel that resources are available to them, right? It is spiritual bypassing to think that sitting in a corner meditating all day um, is the one thing that the world needs. People need fucking money. People need fucking health care. People need all of these things. 
you know? And so if we're in a space to be able to give and allow people to experience the medicine they need on all levels, the financial medicine that they need, the spiritual medicine that they need, the physical medicine that they need, through nourishment, whatever, and being able to do so judgment-free, that is the embodiment of the Christ energy, right? Jesus was in the streets, right? His church was the streets. His church was being able to contact and communicate with people on a very personal and and uh, grassroots <laughs> organizing kind of way, um, which brings me to talk about this amazing full moon that we have today, uh, which is a reminder of what the fuck we're here for and why what we do individually matters and why we have to give a fuck about people, you know? I think it's really easy to get lost in the fact that we can turn people into numbers, we can turn people into labels and things that make them not human in our eyes and we really have to keep in perspective where we are othering people to the point in which we miss the fact that they're human as well okay I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back The biggest thing um, that's worth mentioning about this full moon uh, is this really chaotic Mars square Uranus energy that has been uh, building in the days leading up to now. I realize I forgot to talk about four, four, four and why that's important. It's about authority. We, if you do not know, <laughs> we are currently in an emperor year, um, 2020, if we reduce that to a four. So we are restructuring our relationship to authority um, figures and the authority models that we see within our society. And so being able to see that they are clearly in direct relationship with capitalism, white supremacy, cis heteropatriarchy, all of the, you know, all of the things, right? So being able to see that those are all of the frameworks from which we learn authority, right? Um, and being able to find and sense healing. So again, this is on the heels of the 444 gateway that we have this full moon and Holy Week, it does not escape me that the the number four is clearly just like being screamed at us by the universe. And the, the four is about stability. It's about structure. It's about foundations. Um, it's also a number that reminds us that we are surrounded by angels um, and of the presence of higher powers that are willing to, um, assist us. 
um, in the bringing in of a new physical reality, which is exactly what's happening, right? This is a building phase for all of us. It does not escape me that after Holy Week, I believe is, when does, um, before or after, that Lent is ending this week as well, which is a 40-day cycle, right? Um, Which again, that number of four and the four and the zero together. Let me read a bit from Alana Fairchild real quick. The appearance of the four suggests an inflow of gifts, both spiritual and material. When the four arises on its own or in combination with other numbers, it heralds the successful manifestation of our dreams in the physical world. At the same time, it promises spiritual growth through the process of engaging with issues in the physical world, working through them according to our own integrity and heartfelt truths. The promise of the four is that we can attain spiritual growth and therefore inner peace and happiness, even whilst manifesting our dreams and visions in the physical world. We do not have to choose between the spiritual path and the world around us. We can ground our spirituality, our visions, our dreams in the physical world to walk our talk and to put it in, and to, or to put it another way, to live so that our insides and outsides are in harmony. When these two aspects of ourselves, our physical world and our inner spiritual growth process combine, we have the blessing of genuine fulfillment. The message of the four isn't about empty attainment, which is what happens when the material things we might desire nourish us for a fleeting and passing moment before leaving us craving more. The attainment indicated by the four is more substantial, particularly if there is a six, seven, nine, or zero in combination with the four. When we have our heart involved in the process of creation, the manifestation is more nourishing. The process is our own growth, pers- our own growth personally, our own inner accomplishments, as well as the outward expression of the dream in the physical world. This is the beauty of the four. It brings together inner and the outer, the spiritual and the material, integrating them as one. This can bring us so much serenity, even amongst the thrust of engaging with the physical world. When we know what we are being, when we know that we are being supported by the universe to live the life that is meant for us, that we don't have to live a different life to make someone else happy, but ourselves miserable then it is easier to have faith in ourselves, to have discipline, to back ourselves through action and to fall in love with our own life. So we're being asked through this experience of other people to stand in the word that really popped out for me the most is integrity. There's a lot of really contentious energy in the air in which we're really being able to being asked to examine the frameworks through which we experience and move through life um, and seeing if they are integrous. Is that even a word? <laughs> if we are truly um, beings who have integrity, if we truly believe in things like unconditional love, if we truly believe in the idea of fighting for one another, if we truly believe that we 
everyone deserves to have somewhere to live, that everyone deserves to be treated like a fucking human. If we truly believe that everyone deserves love um, and if we believe that everyone and everything um, about the human experience um, as it exists outside of the context of oppressive frameworks is truly beautiful, then what is it that we're willing to do to for ourselves and for other people to really show that? So what I wrote is authority. What does it even mean to stand in authority if we are not willing to stand for the liberation of all? What does it mean to rebel if rebelling is only if our rebelling is only complicit to the needs of others or is rebellion for the sake of not wanting to be controlled? This Mars square Uranus energy is that of the revolutionary, the freedom fighter. Um, it, it gives an air of a distrust of government and systems. And this is definitely something that I've started to see a lot more in media over the last couple of days. Whereas, of course, when this all first started, there were lots of conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, no, I've definitely seen more throughout the last couple of days. And me, and it's just like, what? Anyway, and it's just, I shouldn't be surprised. But I'm just like, what the fuck are you all talking about? Like, can we worry about like the shit that matters right now instead of like talking about conspiracy theories about why or who or what made this happen like come on y'all anyway it also has its connection to sudden violence erratic and chaotic change um it's the energy of the angry anarchist um electrical fires some of the things that i've seen in the last couple of days if they've mentioned that there has been growing numbers in gun ownership. I've seen this in my personal life um, as well, related to people that I know too, where it's like, interesting, what's this? Because also with this inherent distrust of government and systems um, is also a, Mars rules the individual and our identity, our individual willpower. And Uranus is related of the collective consciousness um, of the hive mind, um, of brotherhood and union between people. So it is a bit of a disharmonizing energy in which we may see that there is this growing distrust that people have for one another. And in some cases, it is valid Um, And in others, it is fear-based. And so there is a need for us to be able to see for ourselves again, where are we rebelling um, in a way that's complicit to the needs of others because we inherently do not trust other people or do not trust that we can be held by other people, right? Um, Versus where do we believe that we need to fight for other people? very fine line there some of the examples of the ways that i've seen this energy express itself as well um bless the soul of dr tedros who is the director general of the um 
World Health Organization. And he's been talking in the last couple of days about how there has been an increase in domestic violence outbreaks um, since um, the beginning of COVID-19, which is very scary. When we see essential people not being taken care of and putting being put in harm's way um, and people being asked to sacrifice themselves in ways that they shouldn't have to. Another thing that we've seen, uh, which is absolutely fucking disgusting, um, is the French doctors uh, who have very boldly mentioned on the news and in ways that they're visible that we should be testing this vaccine in African countries. So this energy really brings out some of the most disgusting um, things that we will see from people because of this need and desire to move into the future. When Mars met up with Saturn back in March, um, March 31st, I believe, to be exact, um, there was this conversation since Saturn is like, let me show you the future. Let me show you what we're building, um, where Mars, where Saturn is long-term goals. So it's what we're working towards building, right? And Mars is more about in the short term. So Mars in Aquarius is about the short term goals that we're creating towards the future. Right. So this moment and this energy is centered around the future. And so people's responses right now are showing us the disconnect between what the future needs and what we're doing now. So if you don't think that this current moment is one that's defining for us the future, I would ask you to look at this moment again um, and look at how you're taking in this kind of erratic energy. For some people, it could just be that, you know, you have a, a lot of energy right now or it's a little bit difficult to sleep, a lot of really wild nervous system uh, kind of stuff that's happening for you, uh, headaches is one way I can see this since Uranus is really centered around the central nerve, the nervous system and the, the brain. Um, and the higher mind in particular. So if you're kind of experiencing a bit of uh, jitteriness um, and nervousness um, through this kind of influx and surge of this energy um, that's in the air right now, that definitely is something that is very possible. It is very erratic. Um, and we may even feel like things are a bit out of our control um, or being felt like we're taken control by um, our proximity 
or lack of proximity to other people. So there is kind of like this, uh, this really strong desire to be free and break free um, that we're kind of feeling um, in the air at this time. One thing that was kind of po- po- like kind of showed up um, for me as I was writing about this last week was the um, idea of dramatic irony. Um, the example specifically was um, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, which uh, I think embodies the this uh, Venus. Uh, Mars energy that is in the air at this time. Um, And so going back to the idea of like creating the futures and our actions, creating the future and how sudden knee-jerk reactions to things, because we can't collectively um, stay in and or center um, the needs of other people. Um, in the grand scheme of things, right? So the the way that dramatic irony exists is that there's something that the audience knows uh, that the characters who are acting out do not know, right? So in the instance of Romeo and Juliet, um, he comes upon Juliet and uh, while she is asleep and assumes that she is dead and so he then takes it upon himself to kill himself because he you know star-crossed lovers could not just could not live without her right and then she wakes up and she's like dude what the fuck um you're dead and then she kills herself right and so it is just this kind of very dramatic and erratic <laughs> quick sudden upheaval and action um to chase after um uh love uh right and and i think it's it's worth mentioning that right now um venus is trine Mars um, and is in aversion to Uranus and we'll talk about that in a second but uh, when we kind of think about how this energy expresses itself right when we think we understand and know what's going on with someone else because of a quick glance <laughs> you know it can again cause us to make these very knee-jerk reactions but what happens when we utilize this energy of dramatic irony in a way that is again conducive to standing with other people in a way that is helpful to everyone one other thing that I've seen that's super beautiful um, that's emerged out of this. And this is also something, um, if you check out Moons of Aphrodite, um, she posted this video and talking about the relationship between this moon and um, 
freeing incarcerated people. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning about the the Christ energy. Like, it's not like, oh, all the work from home people. It's like, what can we do for people who are not being looked after right now or who people are not thinking about? What can we do uh, for incarcerated folks? What can we do for artists? What can we do for small businesses? What can we do for sex workers? What can we do for all of the different realms um, of life, um, the work and experience that people have. What can we do for people, these essential workers? People in the medical field are not being paid enough. People can't afford rent, you know. Um, When we're talking about people and our relationship to people, since that's what this full moon is all about, um, in... New Orleans, people are in their cars protesting, driving around the freaking detention center, demanding that incarcerated people be freed. That is something that's happening right now. Think about how that is the embodiment of the Mars square Uranus energy. And we can see um, Again, people going through, moving through this world and again, demanding that people get what it is that they need. That is a way that this full moon energy is centered, um, is kind of really coming up in the most beautiful way in which we're seeing this extremes of ways that we can further harm and fight one another, but also the ways that we can um, work to free and liberate one another is what I'm seeing. And that's incredibly beautiful way of embodying this. It's important to note that with this moon, um, the sun and moon are both in aversion to Neptune and um, Mercury, which are both in Pisces at this time. This aversion was specific, was exact or will be exact um, at about nine something, not nine something, at about like 11 o'clock moving into the eighth um, is going to be when it will be exact. Um, what it highlights is there is this hidden sensitivity and there are emotional contracts to uh, illusions that we are scared to view um, and express. The thing about Neptune is, as I've mentioned before in my Instagram story, is it has this relationship to militarism. Um, One of the ways, um, or one of the places that is very Neptune heavy is a lot of the nationalist movements that we saw Um, literally during the last time Uranus was in Taurus, so during World War II and during the rise of Nazi Germany, um, in which there is, in order to maintain a sense of purity and innocence, there is a way that we can 
which in a way is like kind of like Neptune has this relationship to righteousness. Um, that's a great way to name it. This, um, especially within like a spiritual sense or in an idealism sense where there is a um, moral high ground, which is also very um, Jupiterian as well, um, that people feel that they embody. With the Neptune energy, um, which is why we see people romanticize Pisceans, um, and people have such a very difficult time understanding that Pisceans can also be kind of trash and manipulative. <laughs> Not all of them, I'm just saying. It, it rules illusion, you know what I mean? And I think what's really important is that righteousness, is, in my personal opinion, is a bit illusory. Uh, as opposed to integrity integrity is like the actual way that we can embody righteousness right and so there is to maintain this sense of righteousness purity and innocence and ideals lots of times the neptune uh way of expressing itself can be the othering or the kind of pointing fingers of like that's what dirty looks like that's what disgusting looks like that's what it looks like to not be a good human that is an unacceptable way of existing and living in this world that we're creating that's so pure and ideal and blah 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 right and so we can see how that um mindset um impacts the way that in our society as a whole you know, that's why we see a fucking article um, in which I don't even know what country this is out of. But, you know, someone is like, sex workers do not deserve health care and all of this other just disgusting shit that people are saying because of these weird and twisted ideas of like what purity um, and how other people should be acting. Right. And so when we think about Aries sun right now being representative of the individual sense of vitality that we feel by embodying ourselves and this energy kind of sitting behind it it's this relationship between um this uh self-righteous um innocence purity ideal um that is so prevalent in our society that frames the way that we believe individuals should be And that then impacts our judgment against other people, moon in Libra, how we feel about other people, then becomes related to these emotional contracts that are centered around these illusions um, about what it means to be pure, what it means to be compassionate, what it means to be um, human, pious, to be, you know, deserving you know, of particular things, right? Because then what we see, I know that a couple of days ago we had that uh, Mercury-Neptune conjunction. And so that was a day in which a lot of lies and illusions that people have about what other people deserve um, was very prevalent. But it was also an opportunity for us to kind of dream Um, and believe and kind of think about and reframe and even rewire our mind to consider potential ideals um, that we would like to see embodied 
um, and, and attitudes that we would like to see embodied in our world. And that all of that energy and all of this energy that we're speaking to is, is, um, is having a conversation with this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction that we had the other day. Pluto, as I have mentioned before, is showing us how unsustainable our um, structure, power structures um, that exist in our relationship to authority is. Um, that exists in our society is. And Jupiter then comes by and shows us the dogma um, and the belief systems that emerge from unsustainable um, structural systems and things that keep us stuck in the rat race, things that keep us and make us feel manipulated into having to survive and exist in this world and abide by these damn near impossible codes of um of moral and um ethical standards that again they're they're fake they're stupid they don't even make any fucking sense right so right now jupiter is in an exact um sextile between uh mercury and is in sextile with uh, mercury so this is definitely an opportunity in which those lies um, and this uh, righteous, um, this very self-righteous Neptunian um, energy that definitely centers why there is this really weird energy of like religious fundamentalism that we're seeing around right now um, <clears throat> that exists is there why we see gun ownership um increasing why we see um we need to test this vaccine on africans and all of these other just really disgusting things that we see people saying and it's literally just like uh this is what people believe that we should be putting our energy and effort into when it comes to ideas and beliefs that are going to apparently free us all which is really fucked up, right? And so then on the other end, being able to see where it's like, okay, like if I believe that this is how we embody compassion, if these are the ideals that I have for our world, what beliefs do I have that call out or speak to how unsustainable these power structures are? And where is it that I'm willing to fight against them? So this... um trine between Venus and Mars is going to become a little bit stronger over the next couple of days. So there is going to be this ease um, in why are birds awake at 426? I mean, they could say the same thing about me, but like, anyway. Venus um, in Gemini, go listen to Amber Khan's uh, revolutions rambling episodes it is written it was so good it was just so good how she talked about that venus and gemini energy i just like it activated me in a way that nothing else ever has um where i was just like yeah fuck it like let me just talk about how i fucking feel right um what i've mentioned when i've talked about venus in gemini is that it Venus and Gemini is answering to Mercury. 
and Mercury, Hermes in the Greek mythological tradition is the one god that can access all of the layers. It can access Mount Olympus, where the gods are, the human realm, as well as the underworld, which is where this um, relationship to the middleman comes from, right? Um, and so there are no attachments, which is why Gemini's can be a, just a bit, um, say really great things and also really terrible things. Um, sometimes one right after the other, which is always really fun to me, funny to me. I have a Gemini mother. Um, and it speaks to, and how I kind of talked about this in the workshop is while that is the way that the energy can kind of express itself, you know, what non-attachment um, to where you receive your money, to where you, you know, who you connect with, who you learn information from, who, what words you say, what attitudes and ideas that you have, um, is fine. But what does, you know, in, in essence, in essence, like words, and ideas and thoughts and things are just objective. They just are things, right? They are just ideas and words. It's just air, right? But when we have no system at all, this is why people don't like Geminis, right? Collectively. Um, When we realize that the mind will sign contracts with anyone, the devil included, Um, what does that say about attitudes, thoughts, and beliefs, especially when they're in relation, uh, attitudes, ideas, um, and thoughts, um, the way that we think, um, the way that we communicate, what do, what does that mean in relationship to how we interact, how we value, or what we're willing to say um, and think about other people. And so it's this very unfiltered way of engaging with people that is opening this door for the actions that we take. And so again, since Mercury is in either detriment or fault, is in a debilitated position. We'll just say that. It is, has, is, in, a, um, it is in debility um, at this time since it is in Pisces. And again, this relationship to lies, things that are untrue, illusions, and even in a way wishful thinking um, that may be, again, misguided by having a, a sense of righteousness <laughs> in whatever way that that's showing up for people can then make way for actions that are, of course, harmful um, and actions that do not consider um, or think about other people. The thing with Aquarius, and I might read this directly from, actually, that's exactly what I'm going to do, from Alice Sparkly Cat's um, 
astrology and storytelling when they talk about um the um Aquarius archetype if Leo is individual hubris then its sister sign Aquarius is humanity's hubris progress is a story that perpetuates itself the Aquarian city organizes and innovates itself accordingly it displaces the people whose identities and cultures are associated with backwardness and replaces them with so-called innovators in a creative class that is seen as social progressive or forward thinking. Aquarian cities are large batteries of human labor with schools, industries, and sectors designed for and by the STEM subjects. Even though Aquarius is humanity's sign, it hates actual people. Aquarian cities love social engagement, but hate people. Its hunger is for creative, disobedient, and nonconformist ideas and not people. So when we have... Um, both of the planets related to how we um, attract um, and go after how we attract both money, resources, um, and then how we then go after said money and resources um, or even people um, in air signs. It's very, very easy for us to forget um, that words matter, that people matter, that thoughts matter, that humanity, the core word is human. Humanity centers humans. And so it can be very easy to, again, in this very knee-jerk reaction, in your like, oh, I have to survive, I have to make it, I can't trust other people, right? Um, but I will always go back to the uh, emergent strategy principle of if we trust the people, uh, trust the people and they'll become trustworthy, right? And so this is the type of energy that we're being asked to embody and not in a way that is... Well, I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of Neptunian energy in the air, so it can be a little bit misguided and not completely thought out. Um, but definitely this is a time in which we have to consider other people and what it is that we can do for others and really kind of lean into the possibility of what that can look like and what that experience can be like. There are lots of... Uh, squares um, in the air because I think there is this internal conflict that we all naturally face where we're like, oh, where is the, the space between me choosing myself and choosing other people? And again, I think when we center integrity um, and we center what is most ideal, which is what's going to be centered around not othering people to maintain this idea of righteousness, but to maintain this idea of humanity in the center, that's where we start to see the things that we say and the things that we do um, for other people begin to change um, and to really embody what it is that we truly believe um, 
about ourselves and about what other people deserve. Let me read these Chandra symbols and then I'm going to be out. And this is, um, if y'all don't remember, in the Aries season episode where I was talking about the um, magic carpet. The magic carpet of oriental imagery. The use of creative imagination. A way of refusing a hectic involvement in social competition and waste-producing overproduction allows for the development of unattached and transcendent understanding. The static floor carpet on which man's feet, symbols of understanding, rest can be transformed into the means for great flights of imagination and superphysical perception. The period of rest from outwardly directed activity bound to collective normality presents the creative mind with the possibility of surveying in dreams that the in dreams, the totality of the present day social situation, thus to see the whole. The fourth stage of the f- fourth fivefold sequence of symbols invokes the possibility of developing a new technique of perception, a strife transcending an unattached lo- outlook upon everyday reality. So when we ask for and demand that people who are essential workers deserve to be paid more, that they deserve hazard pay right now, that they deserve um, complete coverage of their illness in case they get fucking sick um, as they're, again, in the front lines. Um, Since we're asking that these people deserve um, to... have what they need to feel safe. We're asking that sex workers also deserve health care, that they deserve to be given and provided the same rights um, related to health um, and harm reduction that everyone else does. We're asking and saying that a jail is not a place for someone to be in a place, in a time in which there is a fucking global pandemic, you know? We're asking that people don't deserve to be stuck in proximity to their abusers because we have to stay quarantined. People shouldn't have to be packed onto a fucking subway like sardines to get to work because you think that they're essential, but you're doing absolutely nothing to keep those people safe or make sure that they feel looked out for. People deserve water. People deserve rent. People deserve all of these things. If you're feeling like an angry anarchist, your job right now is not to, you know, completely detach from freaking society. It's to really zoom into what the fuck people need, not sitting in a fucking corner meditating and levitating like oh I'm above this I'm gonna meditate out of this no there are we can balance our physical world and spiritual world needs and what we need to do that 
is to find a sense of integrity. And so this is a time in which you will see who in your life does and does not have integrity, right? And that's one of the things that makes this full moon so intense. Why we see so many people starting to get angry and frustrated and upset, you know, and this overwhelming desire to to set other people free, but in some instances for people to set themselves free for whatever fucking reason. Um, And I mean that in the sense of people who are not listening and don't realize that we're creating the moment for the future right now. This week is going to be a very hectic week um, in terms of what we start to see unfolding. um, And we will start to see the, again, the integrity of other people. We see the number of deaths that are coming out um, in these, uh, in cities. And they're overwhelmingly black and brown people who are being put at risk and you know, seeing that the really ugly, gross, emotional, illusory contracts that we have related to racism, to sexism, to homophobia, to transphobia, um, to sex workers, to incarcerated individuals, you know, which all of those things are just layered together, you know, are seeping into the way that people are being treated in a public health crisis. That is really scary. This is the moment in which we realize, yes, this is something that impacts everyone, but it especially impacts all of the people that have been othered. That's what we're seeing right now. And so since it is Holy Week, (laughs) let's, uh, in these last couple of these couple of days leading up to Easter Sunday and given this really big it is 441 right now beautiful in the terms of this really big portal that's been activated there's nothing wrong with meditating i'm i'm so you know i think y'all understand that i don't have anything against any of those things i do those things right but um it's just the the way that people spiritual bypass that really just has me it just grinds my gears in a way that i just i'm like ugh disgusted by it it literally just disgusts me um and so the what was I even saying resurrection Sunday so I, I encourage you if if you feel called to to look into the progression of the days and in, in holy week because thursday is the day of the last supper which is the last day of lent right um on this day tuesday is the day in which jesus predicts um or foresees his own death um which is then when he holds the last supper on thursday um it goes to trial is crucified um and is reborn um or resurrected uh, or resurrects within the following days after and it really this week in which there is just this really like energy there is this opportunity for us to reframe 
and to really lean into these new possibilities. We know that the way that things currently exist don't work. We know this. And so over the next couple of weeks, quite frankly, we're going to see growing chaos. We're going to see growing carelessness. Um, But what we're also going to see is growing compassion and growing activation um, of people who stand in integrity. And with the awareness of the full moon, we have that opportunity to see for ourselves where we are or are not standing in integrity for other people. And it could really just be as simple as we feel anxious and have anxiety against going against the dominant culture. And that's okay to recognize um, and, and to be at, but to be able to say that is from a place of integrity. To ignore that, ooh, four, 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 um, and be stuck at a space of, again, every man of himself, for himself, um, for the sake of upholding a certain sense of self-righteousness um, and uh, it, it is different, you know? It's not a time to feel guilty. It's a time to, to see yourself. Um, the song that just came to my mind is Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson, 444. To me, 444 is always like the, the arch, Archangel Michael is like, hey, y'all. Um, so it does not surprise me that um, a Michael Jackson song just came to my mind when I thought that. Okay, um, then let's read 19 Degrees Libra. My also, my second favorite part of the um Airy season episode, which was all about centered, is centered in fighting for possibilities. This is the moment in which we realize what direction that we're fighting in, um, and where we see. Sai, I mentioned in in my workshop the other day, Saturn in Aquarius was, um, is calling us towards our responsibility to the future. And we're seeing that the dominant culture, um, white supremacy, all of these existing um, structures within our societal framework, their responsibility to the future, again, if we go back to how Alice Sparkly Cat was talking about the Aquarian city, Aquarian city, it's a hunger for creative, disobedient, and nonconformist ideas and not people. So everything that's being done is like, what can we do that's like really just like completely innovative ways of getting us back to business as usual, right? So like their responsibility to the future is upholding existing systems and structures um, and manipulating you into feeling like you need them to exist and survive. Right? Cool. A gang of robbers in hiding. Keynote, protest against disharmonic social privilege. This is what I was saying about gun ownership and all this other dumbass shit that we see, right? And there's nothing wrong with owning guns, but like, 
I, I know that that probably triggered the fuck out of like one or two people. Um, I definitely am someone who, <laughs> let me just clarify, I don't, there is nothing inherently wrong with owning a gun. However, gun ownership in the United States, since it is um, overwhelmingly um, aligned with uh conservative and just extremist um religious all of religious fundamentalism all of these just really just disgusting um thought forms um within our country that that do exist um and are american to the core right um there's you know i i think you you understand what i'm getting at anyway but like this all of these different things that we see where it's just like why are you doing that right now like is now the time that you need to do that um protest against disharmonic social privilege um it is questionable whether the formulation of the symbol at this place is adequate but it is kept on general principle i love that he was like i don't know if this should be here but like i'm gonna put it just because like why not one might rather think of Robin Hood and his band or early Bolsheviks in Russia robbing banks to finance the revolution. The protest against an unbalanced society with its rigid stratification into classes can be seen as a positive factor, even if, the challenges, if it challenges the principle of order, for it reveals dynamic qualities in individuals and the will to transformation. In another sense, it is the dark shadow of the ideal of non-possessiveness, um, which is what I was trying to talk about when I was talking about Venus in Gemini, um, which is also what Amber Khan talked on when she was speaking about how Venus in Gemini shows up where it's like, you know, I don't want anything from you. I don't need anything from you. This I don't belong to you. You don't belong to me. Um, but there also is this idea of like, since that's the case, I can also take what I want right? Signing contracts with, with anyone. The question is, how valid and effectual is this kind of protest? Um, what can this mean at this level? Perhaps the fact that any effective resistance to momentum of crystallized institutions should be organized if it is effective. Individuals alone are impotent in producing actual changes in social consciousness. The group must be formed. The key words are group protest. So this is where we see that our individual contributions are important for the sake of, you know, being able to have our own ethical codes and judgments that ground how we navigate and experience the world and what we are and are not willing to do for other people, again, in the name of the ideals that we look to uphold, um, if for better or for worse. <laughs> I cannot believe I just had this whole like aside about gun ownership. Anyway, um, but there... Um, But on the other end of that spectrum is then, so think about this. And this is why the intentionality and, and the, the, the Neptune ideal integrity piece is incredibly important. 
Because what we find is that people who are rebelling just to rebel are then still in alignment with the dominant culture because they are working towards I don't know how to say it like it is a another way in which the same frameworks are um, abided by we live in a country well if you're listening and you're in the United States the U.S. is very centered around it has its roots in like revolution and a rebelliousness um, that exists within the founding um, framework and culture that has created our created the United States right so that's something that's built in and it's done in a way in which again look at how our country came into existence right we're like oh no taxation without representation but then like let's enslave people let's create an entire system and culture that's centered around (laughs) enslaving people on multiple levels in multiple ways you know creating a debt system, creating all of these systems that allow people to be taken advantage of in the same way that we claim that we didn't want to be taken advantage of. All right. Um, you know, and so it, that is a rebellion is a part of what is a, a, is a, is a fundamental part of the American ideology and the American mythology. We cannot forget that. And when we forget that, we don't remember that there is a very intentional way that we are meant to embody that specific kind of energy, right? And in a very uh, way that is, again, countering the dominant culture, not reinforcing it and its roots. And so it's being able to realize that. And that's why I spoke to gun ownership, because it's literally the same thing like, oh right to you know I well I have to protect myself against people and others and did it you know all this fucking weird right wing shit that we're starting to see pop up in people that it's like why are you doing that like that's not something that we need to do right now right and then we see on the other exi- other side and extreme of this kind of self-righteousness um that people have and these delusions that they have about other people is oh everyone is so low vibrational. I will, you know, so there's like these extremes of violence and, um, of, uh, violent action and violent non-action that we see being catalyzed at this moment. That's exactly what it is. Perfect. Because both of those things exist on the same spectrum. The love and light hoes are not about to admit that they're not but it's the same ass thing, right? It is a form of violence. So that is what we're kind of seeing. And again, integrity, where people's integrity lies is very fucking clear right now. And the opportunity to align with groups that dare to fight for possibilities that can fight for a transcended and new reality that goes outside of what we see right now, this is the time in which you will see those people. I love full moons because they just draw this 
beautiful line in the sand where it's like, this is how these people are and this is how these people are, right? And I don't say that in a way to be divisive, or maybe I am saying it in a way to be divisive. Um, That is another way in which the energy kind of manifests itself in terms of othering. Um, And of course, that is an issue that we face within our country and within our collective consciousness in being able to separate different groups of, of people it's really hard not to. Um, and it's really hard not to stand in that. And so on the other end of that, because I think it's very easy to be at that space where you're like, well, these people don't give a fuck about anybody and these people do. But being even then to, uh, it's, you know, Christ consciousness, then be able to have empathy and compassion for everybody right and at the end of the day understanding like we are in this together and like how do we make space for those people as well because they also exist and they also are tied to our well-being our collective well-being and so that's also another really difficult thing about this full moon is that that's also illuminated as well. I'm going to stop because my time is almost up in this recording. But um Yeah. I didn't even finish reading it. Individuals alone are important in producing actual changes in social consciousness. A group must be formed. The key words are group protest. So where do we formulate groups? A collective way of freedom fighting one that stands in integrity and makes room for a new possible reality is it possible for us to look at the two extremes of violent action and violent non-action and realize that those people are also human? Where do we draw that line? It's really hard to balance that. Right? And I think what emerges from that is the idea of um, transformative justice and, and restorative justice um, in and healing just all the types of justice <laughs> in our movement spaces. Um, if we're looking to move towards healing, what does that look like when there are people who don't want to show up for the healing of other people? Do we hold space for those people? 
when we're fighting for everyone and they don't think that they need to show up for the fight, it just becomes so much more complex when we take that additional step to see that humanity involves humans and that we all are human. Every single person and incident that I've referred to was something related to a human. Humans said and did all of these things. People said and did all of these things, both disgusting and um, both beautiful things that people have done. Yikes, right? And so, again, a line is drawn in the sand um, about where integrity does and does not stand. Um, And so what do we do about people who do not stand in integrity? Do we do anything? Is it enough? For us to just, uh, I don't know, continue to freedom fight and say, even though you're a fucking asshole and you lack integrity, you also deserve to be taken care of. I think that's also where the Venus and Gemini... attachment to no realm comes from like the idea that everyone deserves health care somewhere to live food electricity water you know all of these things Quite frankly, that idea means that that cannot be limited to any one (laughs) person or thing. Because then again, reinforce the dominant culture. But again, I guess going back to the idea of trust people and they will become trustworthy. Um, But also the other side of that is maybe if you trust people, they will show you boundaries um, of where they can be trusted or where they cannot. And maybe all that we can do about that is accept it um, and continue to freedom fight. But it's scary. Um, Like this Neptune energy that's just sitting as this dense fog approaching in the background that we don't want to name that's there, that's controlling the decisions people are making about who deserves a ventilator, who deserves health care, who deserves to be free right now, who deserves the opportunity to be virus-free right now, who deserves the opportunity to be quarantined right now. You see, in other countries, they're giving out free, literally everything that they need to to take care of people. And we're still asking for those things here. And some people aren't asking at all because they're not thinking about those people. You know? Awareness. Hi.
Oh, it's also really funny um, that uh, <laughs> someone has shared with me <laughs> this picture of like, it's like, what to expect with this week's super moon? And I had like a picture of like a cross in front of the moon, which was really odd to me because um, this article was also published by like Fox News. I was just like, what is going on here? Anyway, it was it was a lot. Um, But again, like I said, it's also Holy Week. So like there is this like weird but like necessary, uh, I know I keep saying that, like what does this mean? Why is this important? Let's realign with what compassion means in the context of fighting for other people. That's the only way, reason that I'm I'm bringing that up. Um, What is the pink moon? The pink moon is the name of a pink flower is believed to be named after a pink flower that blooms at the start of spring. Sprouting grass moon, the egg moon, the fish moon. It is the blossoming moon. So it's when all the flowers come out. Yay. Rebirth, which is what uh, Easter Sunday is all about, right? So from this moment forward, um, which I was trying to say is we have an opportunity to lean into these new possibilities um, and this dream um, of what the future can be like when we organize, when we group together, when we mobilize, when we work to embody compassion. Not in a way that's like sacrificial, at least not in like a martyr sense. Um, More sacrificial in terms of my time and energy can be put into making sure that everyone can be free. Like, it's not just enough to say, like, I'm free. Everyone else should be too, right? None of us are free until all of us are free. So again, extremes of violent non-action and violent action, integrity, in relationship to how we organize, how we talk to each other, how we fight for each other is incredibly important right now. And it's an opportunity that we have to many, many years from now say, I was on the liberating side of history I was going to say right side but I'm like nah it's not about right or wrong it's about what's freeing um thank you so much for listening um all of my weird side rants (laughs) included in recording um I'm extremely grateful 
to be able to speak with you all for almost two years now. June 25th will be the two-year anniversary. This is 50 episodes. That's what, like, almost like 100 hours of me talking into my fucking phone. Um, And it's been so amazing and beautiful to talk and meet so many amazing people through this and it's really it's been so recalibrating and it's it's allowed me to find my people um so thank you to everyone who supports and listens um for those who have became friends acquaintances colleagues um through this I am just, again, forever grateful to all of you. Cheers to 50 episodes and cheers to maybe 50 more. Um, the podcast is going to be coming back to a weekly schedule starting the week of the 20th. Um, so the week of tourist season. So our tourist season episode will be episode 51. There's going to be some really amazing changes and updates to the podcast um, to embody this next chapter since we are over the hill. Isn't that what they say with like, when people turn 50? It's also very funny. Both of my parents turned 50 this year. My dad's birthday will be the week of the new moon in Taurus. Um, happy birthday to him. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and I will talk to y'all in Taurus season.